Hey guys, welcome to Hallowed Groundling. I hope you're having a really great day. And I'm here to do the final, final part of the Nightmare on Elm Street series tonight for Flashback Friday Fright Fest. It's been a lot of fun covering uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, as I said, you know, throughout the entire uh, two other podcasts. Uh, it's been very enjoyable. I, I really love this series so much, and, and I've loved covering it for you guys. And, uh, you know, tonight I'm going to be doing the last two in the series, and actually they're two of my, my favorites in the series, so that's a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's kind of bookended. I, I love, you know, one and three, and then I love you know, New Nightmare and Freddy versus Jason, all for different reasons too. <laughs> so let's get right into it. Um, so of course, as I said, the, uh, the film I'm going to cover first tonight is Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which came out in 1994. Uh, it was written and directed by Wes. And um, a little bit of a synopsis about it, if you've never seen it, uh, you should run out and see it immediately, first of all, because it's it's brilliant. It's very meta. It's a movie within a movie kind of thing. Um, basically, this was Wes's re-entry back into the Nightmare series. Um, he had written, co-written uh, Dream Warriors, and, you know, they they never really went for his input afterwards. You know, he, they didn't have to, they owned the rights to the character, so they didn't have to ask him for any permission or, or do anything like that. So Wes kind of had to stand off as, as, and watch what happened to Freddie, watch what happened throughout the series and all the sequels and everything. And, um, Bob Shea and Wes Craven ended up getting together and making, you know, making nice basically. Um, I think, you know, Bob Shea supposedly gave him a lot of uh, royalties back, which is a wonderful thing. I'm sure he owed him so much in back royalties, you know, at least because he created the character. They never would have been able to do all of the sequels or, you know, have the success that New Line had, you know, as it was the, the studio that Freddie built. And, uh, you know, so Bob Shea kind of turned around and, and gave Wes back all this. And then Wes had the brilliant idea of New Nightmare. And uh, apparently New Nightmare, the original, this concept was supposed to, he brought this up around the time that he did Dream Warriors. So he had been cooking this idea for a very long time. And it really is a, a very brilliant idea. So the basic premise is that Heather Legenkamp, who plays Nancy, um, she is, she well, she plays herself. She plays Heather. And uh, Robert England plays himself. Uh, but he also plays Freddie. And Wes Craven plays himself. Bob Shea plays himself. A lot of people that are involved in the original film play themselves. And it's really brilliant because it's it's basically, you know, in real life, Heather Camp is married to a um, special effects man who she met from uh, through Wes Craven. He didn't play himself in the film, however. Um, he was played by an actor. The character was played by an actor. Uh, but basically, she's being um, stalked by someone, and uh, he sounds like a, a lot like Freddy, and he's stalking her, and she's trying to figure out who is doing this to her, and her son is also being very much affected by what's going on, and uh, he's having nightmares about Freddy, and so it's like Freddy's starting to infiltrate. And what the premise is is that he is an actual creature. He's an actual character. He's an actual, uh, an actual being that has been created because of all of them. And he gets stronger because, you know, that people talk about him and he has fans and all this other stuff. And he is this actual creature. So, and in the film, of course, you know, as I said, um, Heather Camp plays herself. Uh, Robert England plays himself as well as the Freddy Krueger character. And, uh, 
in the role of Heather's son, Dylan, is Miko Hughes, who you might know as well from Pet Cemetery. He played uh, Gage in Pet Cemetery, and he's wonderful as uh, as Dylan in New Nightmare. It's a really great movie. I mean, I can't really say enough about New Nightmare. I think New Nightmare is so brilliant. I mean, they brought back you know John Stockton and all the like all the original people that they could, as many as they could. Um, even in, so there's a funeral scene during it, uh, where her, you know, her husband dies and they have a funeral and like every single, if you look in the background, it's like all of these people that were in Nightmare on Elm Street movies are in the background. Uh, supposedly Johnny Depp, uh, Wes Craven really wanted to ask Johnny Depp to do it, but, um, he couldn't work up the nerve. And then he ended up seeing him a couple of years after he made New Nightmare. And I guess they got on the subject and, and, Johnny Depp said, absolutely, I would have come and been in the, you know, done a cameo in the scene. And, you know, I think he was a little, Wes Craven, you know, was a little disheartened that he didn't ask him to begin with, with, which he should have, you know, because Johnny Depp seems pretty cool. And I'm sure he he would have done that. Um, And it probably would have made it a lot of fun. So a couple of things about this movie, um, you know, as you... If you've seen it, you know, of course, that uh, Freddy Krueger, he, he looks completely different. Well, completely different, but he's got a much more German, much more like almost like a, a Nazi officer. He's got the real long coat. Uh, he has the fedora still, uh, but he's got a much different look to him. His claws are, of course, like look like they're part of his hand. It's, it's like a giant um, white piece that goes over and, they, and like the claws come directly out. So it's not like a glove. It feels more like it's just part of him, uh, and and it, which is appropriate because he's supposed to be this actual creature. So he's not like actually just a man, you know, wearing with a weapon or anything like that. Um, and apparently, this is how Wes in, originally intended Freddy to be. You know, he wanted. I mean, you know, of course, when you see the first movie, you know, he wanted Freddy to be terrifying and he wanted him to be scary. So he had him, you know, completely completely different than what, you know, the character ended up being, of course, when he got more silly over the years. And so I think Wes got to bring him back to that scary root that he'd always loved about, uh, about Freddy. And that's a wonderful, wonderful part of it. Um, so that was my fridge and it made me jump just a little. <laughs> um, so part of the, the story actually came out of real life is not just, you know, all the real life that's in it, but uh, Heather Langenkamp had a real-life stalker uh, after she made Nightmare on Elm Street, which has been pretty common among some of the final girls. I know that, um, uh, of course, her name's Flyanne, but, but Alice from um, Friday the 13th, uh, she had a stalker in real life, too, like a really bad situation. And apparently Heather Langenkamp did, too. Um, but uh, interestingly enough, Heather Langenkamp's stalker did not come from the Nightmare on Elm Street series, if you can believe it. Um, she was on a series called Just the Ten of Us, and she was on this with um, Brooke, uh, the, uh, I can't remember, oh, God, sorry, it's, it's very late at night, but two other actresses who were also in the Nightmare on Elm Street series were also on Just the Ten of Us. They uh, were the Lubbock Babes, that's what they called them. They were um, this show about a family with ten, eight kids, and um, Heather Lagenkamp was on it, along with two other act- actresses who were also in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. And um, she got a stalker from that show, not from doing Nightmare on Elm Street, if you can believe it. You know, um, Wes Craven thought that was, you know, so ironic. He said, you know, they, they blamed everything on all these movies. He said, and then this really, like, benign show is what, you know, caused this man to be really violent toward her. She even had to move to Europe for a, a brief period because he got really bad at one point from her. So he asked her permission. Wes Craven asked her permission to use that story, um, 
for the movie, you know, because it was part of her life and it was part of, you know, her being an actor that this happened to her. So uh, she very kindly agreed to that. And the movie is just great. I mean, there are so many wonderful scenes in it. It's incredibly creepy. Uh, I'm still, every time I still jump really high when Nancy, or I say Nancy, Heather goes to her closet and Freddie's like in the closet and just looks, it's the first time you really see him you see Freddie and he's like, miss me. I love that. I love that little moment, that, that beautiful, you know, shot of him, you know, with his head dipped down and he's looking into the camera with the yellow eyes. It looks, he's like amazing in that. And, you know, of course, Robert's amazing. So he's, he's wonderful as, as Freddie in this as usual. And, you know, it's done really well. It's really creepy. Um, they go at the end, it's kind of like she becomes Nancy once again, you know, John Sex. John Saxon plays her dad again. Well, you know, he's been in the movie as himself, but then all of a sudden he's playing her father again, and she has to go rescue her son. And, of course, you know, he has his dinosaur Rex, uh, and Rex has the slash on the side of him. And, you know, it's just a really great movie. It's done really well. It's very creepy. Um, Another neat story about this movie is there's actually, um, there are earthquakes going on during the film. That's, like, part of what they're... What Wes is saying, like, is is like Freddie's causing this disruption because of of them, you know, knowing about him and 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 him coming, trying to come into their world, and uh, a real life um, a, a real life earthquake happened actually during this, and it actually ruined uh, good portions of of street in L.A. And Wes, you know, the morning after the the earthquake, he went and got a crew and he went out and he filmed. He said, it's like free, you know. And of course, they used the film, the footage in the film, you know. And I think a lot of people, it was funny, a lot of the actors that were in the movie were looking at him like, did you plan this? Because that's just a little too perfect that <laughs> that you would end up with, a, with an earthquake actually happening that would cause some destruction that you could use. But it's pretty cool. He ended up with, uh, with some really great stuff. Um, another neat fact about this movie is there are no opening titles to it. So um, it kind of also blurs that line once again, whether it's a movie or a documentary, you know, I like that about it, that there's no opening titles to it. Um, another uh, another neat moment in it is uh, Lynn Shay comes back. Uh, she's a nurse when uh, Dylan is in the hospital toward the end. Uh, Lynn Shay was also in, I don't know if you, you probably know who she is. She was in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. She played um, the, the teacher in uh, the, the high school scene the famous high school scene. And um, she's also sister to Bob Shea, who's the owner of New Line. And uh, she's she's in Insidious as well. She plays the uh, the psychic in Insidious, the Insidious films. So um, she's a really great actress, and she's and she's wonderful once again as the nurse. And this it's a great little cameo for her. I, I like her a lot. She's she's shown up a lot, and she's wonderful in the Insidious films. I like her um, very much as that character. Another premise that Wes had played with uh, when he was making these films, making these films, making this film was that he um, wanted to be on the run from Freddie, like on like in a van, you know, running. And, and he was going to be with Michael, Bar- Michael Berryman from uh, The Hills Have Eyes. And they were going to be both running from Freddie, like with, you know, hadn't had any sleep. And I thought that was a really funny premise. And there was a lot of funny drawings of that. Uh, if you, you watch uh, Never Sleep Again, the documentary, they show actually some drawings from that. It's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, he you know he had a lot of great ideas, but I think he settled on some really wonderful ones. He plays himself uh, beautifully in the middle of the movie, um, you know, talking to Nancy and 
I keep saying Nancy, <laughs> talking to Heather. And, uh, you know, that's the problem. You dip back into it. You can't help yourself. Um, talking to Heather. Uh, it's, it's a really great movie though. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And if you haven't seen it in a long time, you should definitely check it out. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, of course we've lost Wes now and that's so unfortunate because he was just a genius. I mean, you know, you can come and fight me on it, but I think Wes Craven was one of the most amazing horror directors we ever had. You know, he, he knew what, what worked and, and how to scare people and, uh, did a really great job at it. So, and this is one of his fine films and I love him a lot. So let's move on, uh, <laughs> before I get really emotional. Cause I really like him a lot and I miss him and I wish he was still here. So the second film that we're covering second and final film is Freddy versus Jason, which came out in 2003. If you can believe that came out nine years after new nightmare, um, Freddy versus Jason was directed by Ronnie Yu. Uh, it was written by Damien Shannon and Mark Swift. Um, it's a, so, you know, just to give you a little backstory, hold on, I need a sip. <sighs> Sorry about that. If you heard me slurping down some soda. So, um, there's a, you know, kind of a neat little, you know, this, this movie took a very, very, very long time to make. Uh, as any big fan of, of the series, of either series, of either Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street knows, um, they'd been toying with this idea for so many years, but it just never worked. They never came up with the right concept. They never came up with the right ideas. So it just never worked out. And um, and they kept trying and trying, but it just didn't, didn't happen. And then finally, um, when Damian Shannon and Mark Swift came up with the idea that they came up with, it actually did start to work. Um, and so... The premise of this one is is that uh, Freddy is basically using Jason to get back into like to, to, to get to the Nightmare on Elm to <laughs> to get to the Elm Street children, and uh, he he brings him back to you. You know he he poses as his mother and he makes him think that you know he needs the mother needs him once again to do something, but it's actually Freddy who needs him to go and do this, and. Uh, Jason starts killing off, does what Jason does. He starts killing off the kids, you know, and Freddie wants to get involved, but he just can't because he's, the kids aren't dreaming. So when they're dreaming, of course he can get to them, but they're not, they're all in a, and, um, some of them were in an asylum and they were on a, um, a drug that kept them awake or sorry, not kept them awake, but kept them from dreaming called hypnosil. And, um, you know, when they were, on this, of course, then they couldn't have the dreams about Freddy, and then he was useless at that point. Um, but it's really interesting because, you know, Jason keeps trying to kill them, or Jason does kill them, and Freddy is getting angrier and angrier because he wants to kill them as well. <laughs> and he can't, and then, you know, which uh, causes the epic battle to ensue uh, toward the end of the film. Um, in the movie is... I. I'm sorry. I mean, you can think what you are. I love Freddy versus Jason. I really do. You know, and I know, and I just talked about how much I love Wes Craven and Wes Craven was not a fan. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't care for it. He just thought it was so gory and violent and it is, it's totally over the top. It's totally silly. It's totally ridiculous. Um, but I really enjoy it. I like it a lot. Um, there's a few things about it that, that are a little, you know, a little disheartening. Um, of course, you know, one of the big glaring ones is the uh, absence of Kane Hodder, which a lot of horror fans know. I mean, Ken Kurzinger is a wonderful guy. I mean, he 
he's amazing as Jason in this movie. I mean, he, you know, and, and Jason is not, you know, people think, oh, Jason's such an easy character to play. It's just a guy in a mask and you don't talk, but you have to, you have to make something there. You can't, and that's actually even more difficult than an act, than an acting role where you're speaking because of the speaking role, at least you can emote and you can, you know, uh, show your emotion and show what you're doing. But with, with, with Jason, you kind of just have to show it with your body language. And, um, you know, Kane Hodder is incredibly good at that. You know, of course, you know, I, I just watched his fantastic documentary to Helen back. What a wonderful life he's had. What an interesting, some really terrible things have happened, but some wonderful things have happened. And he was just, just great. And he talked about, you know, when he started portraying the character and starting to think of things that he could do. And of course, you know, he does the famous, he did the breathing and the, and the turn and the, you know, the head with the body and, you know, and the, and the deep shoulder breathing. So you could see how he was about to like pounce any second, you know, and it's so true. I mean, when you watch the other ones, it's totally different. It's complete. It's a completely different take on the character. Um, but you know, I understand why they, they replaced him in Freddy versus Jason. They wanted somebody who towered over Robert England, Robert England's, you know, he's not entirely, he's not crazy tall, but they definitely wanted somebody that was going to look a lot bigger and broader than him. And, you know, Kane Hodder does not look a lot bigger and broader than Robert England. When you see them side by side, they're pretty, you know, definitely Kane is like broad, broad shouldered and broad chested, but you know, Robert's not small either. You know, he's not tiny. He's, he's definitely a, you know, a good sized guy too. So, you know, I kind of understand why they did it, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's sad because I think Kane Hodder was looking so forward to doing it. And then of course it got taken away from him, which is incredibly sad. Um, some other cool people in the cast, uh, of course, Kelly Rollins, uh, plays Kia. Kelly was in Destiny's Child with Beyonce. Um, she's okay in it. She's not the best actress, but you know, she's there kind of, I think as, you know, one of the Destiny's Child people, (laughs) people from the group, you know, so that people could, um, you know, relate and see her in that. Um, she's okay though. She's, she's not entirely bad. Uh, I don't like her line about, um, what kind of faggot. I hate that line so much. I agree. You know, in, um, they talk about it in, in, uh, I think in Never Sleep Again and in Crystal Lake Memories, if I, if I'm remembering properly, but I know the writers, they didn't write that. And it was just kind of an ad lib that was added in. And I don't, um, I don't know. It seems out of place. And apparently what was supposed to happen in the scene where she says it, which is toward the end of the film, um, she, she confronts Freddie. Freddie comes toward her and she says, you know, so you're Freddie and he bows, you know, and then she says, what kind of faggot goes around in a Christmas sweater? And apparently what she was supposed to do was um, she was supposed to say the whole Nancy speech from, you know, uh, I take back, you know, all, you know, but she's supposed to say it to Jason. Like I, you know, I take back all the power I ever gave you that whole speech. And I think like the minute it was supposed to, the minute she finished saying it, Freddie was going to be there and say wrong guy, bitch, and like throw her into a tree and kill her, you know? And that was going to be like the joke of the scene. But instead she said that horrible, (laughs) that horrible line, um, which seems entirely out of place in the film. And she seems very uncomfortable saying it. It doesn't roll naturally at all. Um, so Monica Kennett played uh, Lori. Uh, she's she's really good in it. I like her. She's a great scream queen. What a set of pipes on her. She's amazing. And she's incredibly, incredibly funny in both Crystal Lake Memories and Never Sleep Again, the two documentaries about um, 
about both the Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street series. Um, you know, because of course they covered it in both of them because they're each a, a Freddy and a Jason movie. And she's really funny. She's got a great, like, tongue-in-cheek attitude about being in the films. And uh, she tells a really funny story about being absolutely terrified of Robert England when she was a kid. She was completely, well, ter- terrified of, of Freddy Krueger. And her mother actually had to put a picture of Robert England, the actor, next to a picture of Freddy and be like, he's only an actor, he's only an actor. And so, you know, of course, then she ended up doing one of the films. And uh, she's very funny, too. She she tells things with a great sense of humor, you know, about being in the films and I, I always love, you know, when she's like, you know, she 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 was comparing Freddie and Jason and saying, you know, like Freddie's this horrible, like killer and terrible guy, and she's like, Jason just wanted to go to camp, and that always makes me laugh. I think that was that was really funny, um, but I like her a lot, and she's great in the movie. She's she's really wonderful. Laurie's a great character and a great addition. I I really like her a lot, and then of course, um, Jason Ritter plays Will, uh, her boyfriend, who's in the asylum uh, taking the hypnocell. And, um, he's great. You know, he's, he's just as wonderful as his dad. Um, and he actually, the story goes with Freddie versus Jason is that, uh, Brad Renfro was originally cast as the part of Will. And then of course, Brad died of a drug overdose very, very suddenly. And, uh, Ronnie, you had made, um, Bride of Chucky and, uh, J- John Ritter had been in that. And when he needed to replace Brad Renfro's character very quickly, he thought of, John Ritter and he knew he had a son and he was like, oh, you know, so he, he got Jason Ritter to come in and play him and he's he's wonderful. Uh, then, of course, um, Gibb is played by Catherine Isabel, who is, is really great. Um, she was in the Ginger Snaps movies. Um, she's she's really awesome and she's really, she's fun in this. You know, it's a great little part for her. I, I like her a lot. And then, of course, um, Mark, who was also in the Asylum with Will, is played by Brendan Fletcher. And um, he's a really great character, really great addition. He reminds me so much of a friend of mine that I um, that I knew many years ago, and um, my friend Mike Philibom. He reminds me so much of him. Every time I see the movie, I'm like, oh, my God, it's like if Mike Philibom's, like, it's like his, his clone. It's unbelievable. But, like, the same face, the same mannerisms, the same kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of creepy, actually. <laughs> um, but... Uh, he he's really great in the movie. He's wonderful. And uh, his brother was actually killed by Freddie. And kind of a neat thing, um, two things actually, is that uh, the character Mark is actually the only one in the entire movie to be killed by Freddie, uh, which I thought was really interesting to get killed by the claws by Freddie. Um, yeah, he's the only one. And that's actually a really good scene. I like that scene a lot when he uh, when he kills him. And his brother was killed. That's why he ended up in the asylum. Um, his brother, Bobby, was killed by Freddie. And Bobby uh, comes back in a flashback scene, and it's uh, Bobby's actually played by Zach Ward. Uh, and you might know Zach Ward from A Christmas Story. He's Scott Farkas in A Christmas Story. And if you didn't know that and you just saw Zach Ward, you, you would literally look at him and go, I, like he's really cute. He's really handsome, like a really good looking guy now. And you would never guess that he was Scott Farkas. <laughs> and I think he actually calls himself like when, cause of course they said, they talk about it in the movie and he says, you know, even though I am Scott Farkas, he goes, and I'm known as like a turd during Christmas season, you know, <laughs> like he cuts to that. Cause, and he's really funny too. him and him and actually, and Brendan Fletcher who plays Mark are very funny and like, um, 
the uh, Never Sleep Again and in um, Crystal Lake Memories. They're both very funny when they talk about the roles. They had a good time playing them, and they love uh, joking around about them. So they're a lot of fun doing that. Um, some other neat things uh, about this. So this, of course, was the final film that uh, Robert England played Freddy Krueger, and apparently he is never going to play him again, unfortunately, very unfortunately. Uh, he did do a 2014 small marketing piece where he did put down the makeup again and he did, um, you know, play the character for a little bit, but he set, has said he will never again play him. And I, and I believe him, unfortunately, I wish I didn't, I wish I was like, yeah, right. You're going to come play him again. I mean, I would, I hope I'm mistaken. I really do, but I, I get the feeling he's, uh, he's not going to play him again, unfortunately, because I think he thinks he's getting too old to play him. And I'm sure, you know, I mean, he's getting up there. He's, you know, he's, he's in his seventies and it's like, you know, that's, it's a lot. That's a, that's a, you know, that's a hard character to play. That's a lot of work and a lot of stress and a lot of, you know, stress on your body, stress on your voice. You know, there's, there's, I can understand why, but you know, it makes me sad because I would love to see him play Freddy again, at least one more time. <laughs> that would be really great. <laughs> um, but you know, we'll see. Maybe, maybe he'll surprise me and maybe he'll do it. Um, a couple of neat things. Uh, the lake that's actually in Freddy versus Jason, um, was also done in X-Men 2. They used that same lake to, to film and they were actually filming at the exact same time. So they were all staying in the same hotel, uh, and using the exact same lake. <laughs> um, as I said before, there were several scripts that went through, um, that, you know, everybody was trying to get a piece of, of writing something and they were writing all different treatments of it and, and trying all different storylines and just nothing was working until they finally got to this, this basic storyline for them. Um, of course, this, they turned this into a comic book and it became Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. And uh, Ash got involved in the whole thing. Um, the comics are great. I have, I have seen them before and the comics are really wonderful. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's a lot of fun. They, th- they did toy with making another movie, with making Freddy versus Jason versus Ash or, or adding in Michael Myers or adding in, you know, Pinhead. They thought of adding in every single other big, you know, <laughs> villain <laughs> to the movies. But, you know, I don't think we'll ever see them again because, honestly, because, I, as I said, you know, Robert England's not going to play Freddy again. So I, don't, I doubt very highly they would do a remake and, and not have him portray him. I think if only if they drive, drive like a dumb truck full of money to Robert England's house, maybe he would think about doing it. But, you know, who knows? Um, another really interesting thing that I love was that Rob Zombie was actually offered uh, the director chair for this movie. Um, and he turned them down so that he could make House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, and I'm, I'm grateful for that in a way, you know, because of course we ended up with the brilliant house of a thousand corpses, uh, which I, I love. And I do want to cover, um, Rob zombie films at some point in my podcast because I really love him so much. Um, I'm happy about it, but I'm also a little sad because I would have loved to have seen what he would have done. We would have ended up with a completely different movie. I think all of you can kind of like totally, totally see that. Like we would, we would have ended up with something completely different. It wouldn't have been as silly. It wouldn't have been as ridiculous. It wouldn't have been as crazy as it was, you know, um, it would have been much more subdued. It would have been much more, it would have been much more gore. Well, it, it wouldn't have been silly gore. So like, cause the, the, what we ended up with was a very silly, you know, tongue in cheek gore movie. Um, and it would have been a lot more serious if it were, if it were Rob Zombie, I think he would have done it in a much more, you know, serious light. But 
you know, I'm grateful that he ended up going off and doing House of a Thousand Corpses because then, of course, we got that fantastic film. <laughs> um, so, you know, as I said, I love Freddy versus Jason. I love it for what it is. It's very silly. It's very ridiculous. It steals from a lot of places, uh, but it has a good heart, and it's definitely a movie for the fans. It's definitely an om- like a, a love letter and an homage to the fans of, you know, they've loved these two characters for so long and to get to see them fight and be so over the top and dramatic is just a lot of fun. And, and I enjoy it for what it is. I know it's a really silly film. My, um, my darling sweet cousin, Kate actually recently said something funny to me that I think, I think it was on television or something. Freddie versus Jason was on television and she turned to her husband and she said, guess who took me to see this movie on my birthday? And he's like, Aaron, (laughs) you know, because he knew exactly who he's like, why would she take you to see this on your birthday? She's like, because she's awesome, you know? So it's like, it's just a really, uh, it's a really fun movie. And I, I enjoy it very much. So that's it, guys. That's it for the Nightmare on Elm Street series. I'm really sad to uh, to say goodbye to it, you know? But it's, you know, it's it's a fun series. And I'm, you know, really excited to cover it. And, uh, you know, but I'm excited to move on to uh, to our next podcast, which, you know, I'll be giving you some hints this week to what that will be about. A couple of cool things. Uh, Hereditary came out on Blu-ray and DVD. I picked it up tonight, actually. I, I actually went and bought um, the uh, the new, uh, the, the first season of Mr. Mercedes, which I am so excited to do. I might do a podcast about Mr. Mercedes once I finish the first season. I probably will actually. I've seen the first two episodes of the Mr. Mercedes series and um, I love that. I love it. I love that book series so much. I love the Bill Hodges trilogy and I'm really excited that they made a TV show about it. Not as excited that you have like it's only on direct TV. That's the only way the, the network that it's on is only available on direct TV. So you literally have to have that in order to watch it. It doesn't stream. You can't buy a it digital. It's just, it's like nowhere. And so I've been waiting patiently for the first season to end and to come out on DVD. It's finally out and I did pick it up today. So I'm really excited to see the rest of the series. I'm going to probably binge watch the, the other episodes um, this weekend uh, and then patiently wait once again for season two to come out. <laughs> but I'm excited about it. Yeah. And that, so as I said, I also picked up Hereditary tonight, which also just came out on um, on DVD and Blu-ray, the Blu-ray digital DVD pack. And uh, I'm a little afraid to watch Hereditary again. I, I mean, only because it's it was such a just incredibly creepy movie. And um, but I'm excited to watch it again. I think it'll be a lot of fun um, just to check it out again and see, you know, things I missed because I know there's definitely stuff I missed during it. Um, and, uh, I think tomorrow night we're going to end up going to see the nun, which I'm also very excited to see. That should be a lot of fun to see the nun, fun to see the nun. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a great, uh, addition to the conjuring series and, and, and fun jump scare ride. So I'm excited for that too. Um, I have I've been very, very bad about giving you guys any content on the website, and I'm sorry about that, but I really want to get back into that. I'm, I'm definitely working on a what to stream. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this. I want to branch out and do Amazon Prime as well and talk about um, Screenbox and Shutter, all these wonderful add-ons that are on Amazon Prime. So I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about that. And uh, I also want to do some more reviews for you guys. I, I like made my attempt to write a good review for the outsider. It just, it just did not happen. I'm so sorry about that. It's like, maybe I'll put one out at some point or maybe I'll ask 
someone else to write one for us. Cause I think that, uh, you know, it, it's, it was a little difficult. I have a hard time writing reviews. I have, I have an easier time writing little snippets. So, um, yeah, I think I'm definitely going to do the, the, you'll see the what to stream from me, but maybe you'll see reviews from, from other people. If I can uh, get some other people on board to do reviews for books and movies, actually, that would be a lot of fun. So yeah, some things coming in the works, coming down the pike. Um, it's also, as I said, it's September. Uh, I, um, I'm, I'm right now amping up to get married actually in October. I'm really excited. I'm getting married October 13th. And, uh, you know, I'm getting married in an old haunted library in Providence. I mean, it's very appropriate for me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's a busy time of year, but also a really fun time of year. I love the fall. And, of course, after that, we'll have uh, Rhode Island Comic Con. We'll have a lot of fun stuff with that. And um, it's nothing but good stuff coming up this fall. So I hope you'll, uh, you'll stick around with me. Have a great night, guys. Stay spooky. Bye. <laughs>